20. Let us read today. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. We want to thank the praise team for bringing the music for us today as we enter into the courts of thanksgiving and that we enter in the courts of praise and we're in the house of the Lord once again. It seems like we were just here yesterday and it seems like a week has went by so fast and we're back here again on Sunday morning. And it is good that we all can come together as a body of believers and that we acknowledge our Lord on this Sabbath Sunday till we know that God inhabits the praises of His people. And as we worship the Lord, we're still wanting to communicate with the Lord and we'll communicate uh, with the Lord uh, not only through worship, now only through praise, but we'll communicate with Him through the Word of God. And so we will... Uh, enjoy getting into the Word. Uh, the Word will uh, challenge us. The Word will encourage us. The Word will inspire us. And yet the Word is for correction. It will correct us. And so even including your pastor. And so uh, nobody gets past uh, the correction of God's Word because the Word will stand the test of time. As God says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And it will stand the, the test of times. And we thank God because that is our GPS, that is our road map, and that's what we need to guide our hearts through this life which we live. And to know that God is with us, He is for us, He's not against us. And thank God that He is in our best interest. He's in your best interest. And so we can definitely thank God for all that He has done and all that He's going to continue to do. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to hold them up high. That's the sword of the Spirit. If you don't, there's a Bible in the pew. It'll be projected on the screen. We want to thank those today for watching uh, here at Victory Fellowship at www.vfclexington.org. We thank you for joining us live and my prayer is there something I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get into God's Word today. Let's look at this. I've started a brand new series. This is my third sermon, the Holy Spirit series. And uh, the title of my message today is Recapturing Pentecost. Recapturing Pentecost. And we're going to look at that word Pentecost. And as I go through this series on the Holy Spirit series, we want to break it down a little bit, and I want you to know how important that it is that when we accept Jesus Christ in our hearts and our lives, we need the Holy Spirit to be activated in our hearts and in our lives. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about that, and, uh, and so as you uh, have your Bibles there, turn with me to the book of Acts, the second chapter, uh, beginning with the 41st verse, Acts 2 and 41. And we'll be, we'll be in the book of Acts a little bit uh, today. We might be moving around a little bit more. But we want to look at this, the Holy Spirit series sermon number 3, Recapturing Pentecost. And we want to look at this in Acts 2 and 41. 
And then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and the day about 3,000 souls were added to him, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. Let's look at this again, Acts 2 and 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Can I hear an amen to God's word? Any study of the Holy Spirit would have to include, as we go through this, you have to include Pentecost. Because this is where it all began. This is where it all began to take place. Uh, and so we've got to keep uh, uh, the Pentecost included in this study of the Holy Spirit. The day of the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birthday of the church, when the church was established, when the church was uh, erected, the church of the Lord Jesus the church that Christ is building, and yet the question would be, what is or what was Pentecost? It was not the beginning of a denomination. It was so named because it was the, uh, the 50th day after Passover. The world did not know what had been happening during that time and Christ had risen and had appeared to His disciples. And the disciples had been commissioned and witnessed the ascension and yet the uh, tenth days of waiting and praying took place in the book of Acts. The work of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost took place. My first point today is this, the work of the Holy Spirit in, in uh, conversion. The work of the Holy Spirit in conversion. Acts 2 and 41, Then those who gladly received His word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They that gladly received His word. I want you to know today as we hear the word, we're not only hearing the word of God, which God clearly lets us know, let us not be just hearers of the word but let us be doers of the word all day long you can tell me about the stories of the bible all day long you can tell me about the word of god but it's one thing for you to tell me it's another thing for me to act out in the word of god when the word of god is spoken to me or even when the word of god is spoken to you you can hear it and therefore you have to make a decision whether you're going to act on the word of god whether you're going to receive the word of god and live out the Word of God. That's what God is wanting us 
has to do with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to live out the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. He wants the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives. Here you see those that were around even at this time in the New Testament how they were there to receive the Holy Spirit that they do nothing about. But Jesus says, I am going back to my Father and when I go back to my uh, Father, I will ascend back and then as I go back, the Holy Spirit will descend down upon you and therefore you receive the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit will come upon you. They that gladly received His Word. When you receive the Word of God, it's something about receiving it that it becomes, it becomes food for your soul. In other words, it energizes you. It begins to lift you up. It's something about reading the Psalms. It's something about reading the book of John and reading the Gospels, of uh, the synopsis of, of the four books of the Bible, of, of, of reading that and just getting that story about Jesus and learning about Jesus. It begins to what? It begins to change your way of thinking and begins to change your heart when you allow and apply the Word of God to your heart and to your life. The Bible clearly lets us know who gladly received His Word. There were 3,000 who had come for the feast. There was a feast that was going on. And 3,000 who had been of the Christ-rejecting crowd, no one is too far gone for the Holy Spirit to reach you. The Holy Spirit is there for you. As I said last year, last week, not last year, but last week, I said, what does the Holy Spirit do? He helps you. He is a comforter. He is a guide. He guides you. He helps you along the way in your walk with God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Listen, I want you to know today what was this word that they gladly received. It was a message of, guess what? It was a message of conviction. Their heart was convicted. In other words, they began to receive. In other words, they began to put themselves aside. They began to put their ideas, their theories and opinions and, and everything else. They put all of that on hold and they began to look to Jesus Christ for today Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith he who begins a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the very end when Jesus starts something in your life he doesn't stop he continues to complete it and he will complete it to the very end in your life I want you to know today God is for us folks He's not against us. He's not a God with a billy bat up in the heavens ready to beat us up when we do wrong. What He is wanting is He's wanting us to encounter the Holy Spirit. He's wanting us to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is there to help you day in and day out. You cannot do things on your own. You can try to do things on your own. As you've heard me say, you can be what
what you want to be, say what you want to say, go where you want to go, do what you want to do, but you will find nothing but destruction in your life. But when you lean on the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when you lean on Jesus Christ, when He becomes the victor in your life, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And when God is there with you, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, He will help you through this life and you will not be comfortless but you will have a comforter that will be with you at all times 7 days a week 24 hours a day 365 days out of a year the Holy Spirit is there for you day in and day out give God praise in the house today hallelujah listen what was the word that they gladly received They received the the Word of God. They ingested the Word of God. They allowed the Word of God to apply in their heart and their life. And they begin to be molded and made by their hearts and their minds. The Bible says, as the Apostle Paul says, Be renewed by your mind. Let that mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Have a renewal heart. Have a renewal mind that your mind will be renewed. Listen. Acts 2 and 22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. It was a message of the cross. It was a cross that Jesus must bear. He was going to have to bear the cross. What what was he doing, Pastor? He was bearing the cross because he was going to bear all the sins of the world. Your sins, my sins, everybody's sins. He had to go to the cross. God the Father sacrificed His one and only Son so that our sins may be purged, that our sins could be washed, that we could be clean as white as snow, that the blood that shed upon Calvary's cross, that you and I may have victory on top of victory, and that not only do we have victory, now we have the Holy Spirit that resides in our hearts and life every day. Listen, Acts 2 and 23. Him being delivered uh, by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, putting to death. In other words, you're doing everything that you can to try to take out Jesus Christ. You're putting Him to death. You're trying to get rid of Him. But listen, you can't get rid of Jesus. Jesus is here. And I want you to know today, as the Father, as the Son, as the Holy Spirit, we have the victory on top of victory because Jesus has gone through death, hell, and the grave. He arose on the third day, seated with the right hand of the Father, and therefore you You and I have victory on top of victory today. Listen, not only was it the message of the cross that they gladly received Him, but they gladly received Him because it was the message of resurrection. 
Yes, he went through death, hell, and the grave, but he arose. And through resurrection, they had the message to know that gladly to receive him, to know that Jesus Christ was for them, not against them, and all the things that Jesus had said and all of the prophets that had prophesied, even in the Old Testament, it all came to pass and that He would be victory. Acts 2 and 24, Whom God raised up have loosened the pains of death because it was not possible that He should be held by it because he went through death, hell, and the grave. Listen, the devil wanted him to stay in the tomb. The devil wanted to seal the rock. They did everything they could to seal it. They had guards there to guard it. But when they found out that Jesus arose on the third day like he said, said he was, they were giving hush money to all the Roman soldiers and to everybody else and says, please don't tell nobody, but Jesus is not here. He's gone. Just as Jesus said, that same Jesus today lives with you and I and He's living forevermore and He's wanting to save. He's wanting to deliver. He's wanting to heal and He's wanting to bring His Holy Spirit that His Holy Spirit will be activated in our hearts and our lives every day. All real conversions is in the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. All real conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. Here's a prime example of how the Holy Spirit began to move, and I want to share with you a story in John 3 and 1. You can go there if you want to. John, God, John's Gospel 3 and 1. I want you to see the case of Nicodemus. And I want you to see how the Holy Spirit begin to work upon Nicodemus. I want you to look at this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know he called Jesus Rabbi because he knew so much about the Word because guess what? He was the Word. <laughs> but he called him Rabbi. He said, Rabbi... We know that you are a teacher and you come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, Jesus is saying, red letter edition, I say to you, unless one is born, look at this, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. I want you to know water and Spirit comes together. Born of water and, uh, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is, look at this, born of the Spirit. 
the Spirit of God began to work upon Nicodemus. And I want you to know how he said water and spirit. Let me refresh your memory. When Jesus was on the cross, there were two uh, piercings that took place. The Bible says that blood came out of him and also water came out of him. And I want you to know how important that it is with the blood and the water coming together with the Spirit of God, how that is significant and how that you and I need to understand that Jesus is wanting us to receive the Holy Spirit. He is wanting the Holy Spirit to be activated in us. Why? Because when we walk in the Spirit, we will not walk in the flesh. Because the Bible says that the flesh and the Spirit will wrestle against each other. But when we have the Spirit in our hearts and our lives, and we allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in us, it'll keep us doing things that we shouldn't be doing because the Holy Spirit puts you in check. The Holy Spirit puts me in check. As I said last Sunday, there may be some things that we may have said that we shouldn't have said through our shortcomings, but the Holy Spirit, if He's there and activated in our life, He will show us and He will remind us, wait a minute, you shouldn't have said what you said. You shouldn't have done what you, you have done. And that puts you in check to know that you're not where you need to be at that time and moment. And therefore, you can say, Holy Spirit, Thank you, Jesus, for letting me know that I wasn't right. Forgive me, Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit, stay with me because I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I don't want to vex the Holy Spirit. But I want the Holy Spirit to be so tight to me that wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever I do, I want the Holy Spirit to be activated in my life where that I would be sensitive to hear what the Holy Spirit Spirit is saying to you and me. The Holy Spirit is not a thing and it's not an it. It's a person. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's all in one. As I told you what they all do, they all have a purpose. They all have a plan. They all have a reason why they are what they are as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus said, you can't be born of your mother again, but you've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. You've got to come under what? You've got to come under grace. You've got to come under mercy. You've got to come under what Jesus is saying for you to be saved because you cannot save yourself. We live in a society today that everybody says, well, you can save yourself. You can do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Be what you want to be. Go where you want to go. That's the society we live in. That's the world we live in. You don't have to answer to anybody. Just be who you want to be. Just be whatever you want to be. But folks, we got to answer to somebody, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because one day, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to fess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, whether we want to put our books up, the Bible up, shut the, shut the book and walk out, it does not change the Word of God. Just because you don't read it does not change the Word of God. Just because you don't grow in God through the Word of God, it does not change the Word of God. The Word of God stands the test of times, whether you like it or not. But folks, I want 
want you to know Jesus Christ has come to save this world, the world which we live in, and it's for us to share the good news. It's for us to receive it and to share it with others and win this kingdom for the Lord Jesus Christ because He set us on this earth to reach out. Those that reached out reached 3,000 a day. Jesus is wanting us to reach out to people, let people know that if they're lost and undone without God, that we show grace, we show humility, but we show them that the Holy Spirit is activated in our hearts and lives and that we can be what Jesus has called us to be because we can allow the Holy Spirit to be in our hearts and in our lives. Give God praise in the house. You don't have to be a dead Christian, but you can be a Christian that's alive in Christ Jesus. We are lively stones. Jesus has created us in His image to do the work that He's called you and I to do. Folks, I want you to know this is not a cruise liner. We're not on a cruise liner. We're on a battlefield. We're on a battleship. We're fighting for the right. We're fighting for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only are we fighting for ourselves to make it and to, to bring others, but we are to share with others what God is doing in our hearts and in our lives. Listen, I'm reminded of the testimony of Paul to, to uh, Titus. Titus 3 and 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of the regeneration and renewing uh, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us must be activated at all times. You cannot turn the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings. You cannot just turn the Holy Spirit on on Wednesday nights. But the Holy Spirit must be with you now, residing in you. And when you walk out the door, you take the Holy Spirit with you. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, that you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change and transform and renew your hearts and your minds. Be ye transformed. That you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord Jesus Christ which is your reasonable service, and that you be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Listen, your minds are not saved, folks. Your minds are not saved. Whatever goes in your mind is what comes out of your mind. Now, it's your decision whether you want to keep it in your mind. Sometimes, if we're not careful, there's garbage in. There's going to be garbage coming out. But if we got good things coming in, then you got good things coming out. But listen, if the enemy can get to your mind... He can get to your heart. And the Bible says heart is deceitful above all. And we have to guard our hearts. We have to watch what's going on in our minds. Because if He can go in our minds, He can get in our hearts. If He can get into our hearts, He'll get into our souls. Folks, I want you to know today that Jesus Christ has brought His Holy Spirit upon this earth. For us to not sit back and look at it from a distance and watch everybody else have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has come that it will reside in you and me. We can now receive the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit to be activated in our hearts and in our lives. My second point today is this. The work of the Holy Spirit in public witness. The work of the Holy Spirit in public witness. 
Acts 2 and 41, And those who gladly received His word were baptized, and the day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They were baptized. Salvation takes place in the heart, but we confess Him openly through baptism. Baptism is a public witness, identification with Christ, that you went through death, hell, and the grave. That's why we believe in baptism. That's why we believe in immersion as you being baptized. We baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it becomes that identification with Christ. The Holy Spirit in baptism represents also the dove, the dove from the from the air. The Holy Spirit moving you to this is even an act of obedience that you're willing to say, Lord, I fully surrender to your Lordship. Think of the hostile atmosphere at that time. So much confusion on the subject. Best to take the Bible literally, but you are in good company when you choose baptism. Jesus chose it. Paul chose it. John the Baptist didn't want to baptize Jesus, but Jesus says, I need you to baptize me. He was baptized. The, con the, con the converts on Pentecost chose it. They chose to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives public expression to the gospel through us. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit gives public expression to the gospel through us when we receive and have the Holy Spirit activated in our hearts and life, then we can share even with others. Third point today is this, the work of the Holy Spirit in Christian growth. The work of the Holy Spirit in Christian growth. When the Holy, let me say this today, when the Holy Spirit is activated in your heart and your life, and you're allowing the Holy Spirit. You're not grieving the Holy Spirit. You're not quenching the Holy Spirit. You're not vexing the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit is active in your life, then growth and development begins to take place in your spiritual walk. Now, don't get me wrong. You've got to have the Bible, of course. You've got to have the Bible. The Bible helps you in your spiritual your walk and your spiritual growth. But listen, your mind can only take so much of what the Bible says. You can only take in so much about the comprehension of the Bible for so much. Now you can get you can get all these studies, you can get concordance, you can get all that. I've, as a pastor, I've gotten all I've got all of that, um, and I've gotten all into that. I have software, Bible software. I have a tons and tons and tons of stuff. But I want you to know today that's just knowledge. But knowledge is not going to get you all that you need. You need the Holy Spirit to be activated in the knowledge that you have because you're limited to what you can know and what you can learn. Listen, I can learn everything. Listen, Nicodemus learned. Nicodemus knew everything. He knew the law inside and out. He was one of the scholars. He was one of the instructors. He was one of the teachers. But it was something about Jesus that he saw. It was something about the Holy Spirit begin to grip that man's heart and begin to deal with him knowing that it was more than just having knowledge. 
I want you to know it's more than just reading the Bible. It is much more to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you while you're reading the Bible because when you read it today, tomorrow you may read the same passage again and get something totally different because that's the Holy Spirit being active in your life on a daily basis and you'll scratch your head and say, well, I didn't know that was there. I didn't realize that was there. But you will learn as you allow the Holy Spirit to be active in your life day in and day out. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. There's nothing wrong with college. There's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You can go as, uh, go as high as you want to go, as far as you want to go. But listen, God wants us to take the knowledge that we have and allow the Holy Spirit to incorporate that in our knowledge so that we can listen to what the Father, we can listen to what the Son, we can listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us in the Word of God so that the Word of God can be that, uh, that agent to help us through the things that we're dealing with in life, being that the Holy Spirit would be the one that will guide us and lead us into all truth. It's going to take by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit. As Acts 2 and 42 says this in my closing, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. They continued. They continued. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. You don't, you don't say, well, I've got a bad day. I don't want to read God's Word. I'm going to, I'll get it back tomorrow. No, they continued. You've got to continue. You've got to, you've got to make yourself. You've got to push yourself. I know that even, just for example, when you exercise, if you're working out, if you're exercising, you want to lose weight, you've got to continue to work out. You just can't work out today and say, I'll pick it back up next week. No, it's a continued thing that you have to do so that you will see the results. That's the way it is with the Word of God. You've got to continue to be in the Word of God so that you will see the results in your walk with God. If not, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. You're going to have doubts. You're going to have fears. You're going to have anxieties. But that's what the Holy Spirit is there for you, to take the place of that void, to play, take the place of the fear and the anxiety and the things that's going on in your life. That's what the Holy Spirit does on a daily basis. He works with you. You ever heard this, the expression, work with me, work with me? That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you and I. Work with me. Work with me. I'm here to help you. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to lead you. I'm here to bring you to all truth. In other words, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm trying to get you in the Word and understand the Word. And the Holy Spirit is saying, work with me. Work with me. That's all. saying, work with me. Listen, they were not content. They were not content to just escape hell, nor should we. As we look in the Old Testament, New Testament, excuse me, when we look at the New Testament, they were just not doing this to escape hell. They were wanting to work for the Lord. We don't just get saved just to, to escape from hell. Yeah, we do, but it's much more than that, folks. 
God wants you to do a work here. Not to just be saved to miss hell and make heaven your home, but He's not wanting you to stop right there and just accept Jesus and say, well, I'm not going to hell because I've received, received my Lord and Savior and I've then made the profession of faith and that's it. Well, guess what? He wants you to move on in your walk. He wants the Holy Spirit to be active in your life. He wants you to reach other people. He wants you to pray for other people. He wants you to encourage other people. He wants you to bring other people to heaven. If not, we will be a selfish church. We will be selfish because we're just in it for ourselves. This is not just in it for ourselves. We're here to learn and we're here to accept and receive and we're here to go out in the mission field. You've heard me say it and I will say it again. You don't have to go to a third world country. I've been there. You don't have to do that now. America right now is a mission field. It's a mission field. And if we're not careful in the next... 50 years, we're going to have a generation that doesn't know God. And basically, it's going to fulfill prophecy once again if God tarries long enough that there'll be a generation that doesn't know God. That's why it's so important, church, that we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us and move through us so that we can continue to reach the next generation and that we can reach those that are lost. To know God is to make Him known. Listen. The promise of the Holy Spirit was to teach. John 14 and 16. And I will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Jesus says, The Spirit of the truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. He dwells with you as He told the church. In the New Testament, you and will be in you, and I will leave, uh, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. John 14 and 26. But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Listen, that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. He will teach you all things, bring you to your remembrance of all things that I've said to you. How many times have you ever or talk to somebody about the Lord and the Lord put a scripture in your mind and put, put a word on your heart to speak to somebody, to share with somebody. That's not just you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit working through you. When you give a word of encouragement, when you give a word that you know, that's the Holy Spirit working through you. That's nothing about you. That's about what the Holy Spirit's doing through you to help somebody else to, to a word of encouragement. Listen. And fellowship, even the bond between believers and breaking of bread as communion and prayers, the part of the Holy Spirit plays in praying. He leads us to higher ground. And in my closing today, the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. How will you respond to His ministry? How will you respond to His ministry? The work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. How will you respond to His ministry? Because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what Jesus is doing in your heart and life. And it's about what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not just for you. It's for you and it's for others 
around and it's for the Holy Spirit to be active in your life that you may help somebody, that you may lead somebody to know the Lord, that you may encourage them today. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit is for us to do and that's fulfilling the kingdom of God. That's fulfilling. That's part of filling the Great Commission is allowing the Holy Spirit to be in us so that we can be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit that we can help others in the kingdom. Because you're not walking in the flesh. You're walking in the Spirit. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to move upon your life. Stand with me across the building today.